This is the Hidden Wife Podcast, episode 678. This is a replay interview that I did with Lee Cockerell. He was the former ex-vice president of the World Disney Resort. Enjoy. Hey, g'day. Welcome to the Hidden Wife Podcast. How the heck are you? Hope you're well, guys. Today, I'm bringing you a replay. It's an interview I did with Lee Cockerell. He was the former uh, vice president of operations for the Walt Disney World Resort. I brought him on the podcast podcast because I really wanted to discuss his takeouts from a life of leadership. He was in a leadership position and we talk about many things that uh, come from being a leader, including how to be organized, how to understand values, how to show your values, how to be disciplined, how to create trust, but also how to create balance with lifestyle and business as well. It's a pretty cool interview, guys. I hope you enjoy it. It's a replay. Um, Had plenty of listens and reviews uh, in the past, so check it out. Uh, The full show notes, I'll stick it in the show notes for this episode, uh, 676, I think it is. Uh, 678, I apologize. Guys, the um, static, there's a bit of a static sound too in the background there, so I'm not sure uh, what the cause was at the time, but um, I hope it doesn't uh, interrupt too much of the value in the content as you listen through today. Other than that, guys, check out my book, The Ultimate Life Map. Go to theultimatelifemap.com, subscribe your email address so you can stay up to date with the launch of that book. It will come very soon, so check it out at theultimatelifemap.com. Enjoy this interview. Cheers. Yo. G'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Hidden Wire podcast. My name is Lee martin and I'm pumped and excited. Today, I've got a very special guest, Lee Cockrell, on the line with me. How are you, Lee? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Mate, it is a pleasure, and thanks so much for your time, too, today, coming on the show. Look forward to uh, picking your brain and um, sharing with the audience all the inspiration you can to, to help us in our lives. So for the uh, audience, Lee, you're the former executive vice president of operations for Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, pretty huge role, I imagine, and, uh, and probably quite a bit of responsibility in that. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself, Lee. Well, I uh, got in the hotel business first uh, back in the 60s uh, when I uh, went to college for a couple of years, didn't do well, so I went in the Army, and when I got out of the Army, I got a job at the Hilton Hotel in Washington, D.C. And what was your starting got, role there? I was a banquet waiter, and uh, I eventually got into a management training program, and I tell people the reason I got into that is because I have a good attitude, and I'm really organized. So they quit asking about a degree when I was able to get things done. And so that started my career, and I stayed with Hilton eight years, including the Waldorf story in New York. And then I joined Marriott International for 17 years, became vice president of food and beverage there eventually. And then I got recruited by Disney in 1990 to go to France and open Disneyland Paris. Wow. And I came back, came back to Orlando in 93 and stayed there for 13 years and ran the operations there. So that's kind of a quick quick and dirty. <laughs> well, what, a, uh, what an amazing career and certainly, um, yeah, some major names that I'm sure everyone listening to this is uh, familiar with. Um, so tell us, uh, you, you said you, you've always sort of had that organization or been organized. Um, and that's why you went into sort of that leadership training role. What What is it about being organized? Is that something that you're you feel you innately had a skill or is that something you just learned through you know observe, observing your parents or something like that? 
Well, I pretty much had the discipline. I, I was where I was supposed to be at the right time, but I didn't have a very good system for getting things done, and so I was always struggling to get my work done. You know, staying late at night in the office, coming in early, working Saturdays and Sundays, taking work home, and I attended a time management seminar in 1980, and it really was incredible. It turned me around. Mm. It taught me, taught me a system, and that's why I, in 20, uh, I guess, last year published a book called time management magic how to get more done every day i've kind of perfected this system over the years and i think most people need to be thinking about that because most people don't have a system they don't learn in high school or college then they get all this responsibility and they have trouble handling it and uh, the stress of life your personal life a soccer game uh, getting home on time for dinner uh, your boss wants something by friday at five o'clock and it just keeps piling up and with the world today, it's getting worse because every, every employer wants everybody to do more and they want to have less in people. And so I would tell you that this time management system, to get a system in place for your personal life, just like you have in your companies, is uh, really critical. Yeah. And I would can really, uh, and it's, you know, when you're stressed out and uh, feeling out of control, it's not good for your health or for your relationships either, including your marriage or with your kids and there's a lot of reasons to get yourself under control and try to get your whole life under control it's really not about time management it's about how do you get your whole life under control mm. and and uh, most people don't think about it because most people's lives are out of control <laughs> no, they no don't know time to, to think about it no time to spend learning or training uh, or improving in that area no they don't know how to pull it together and it's not hopeless you can do it and uh, so I'm teaching a lot of time management classes a lot of my clients are asking for it now just did one for Walmart out in Bentonville, Arkansas. You know, they're the biggest company in the world now, and they got the same issue. And they asked me to come out there and do a series of time management seminars so people can kind of get their act together and get their life a little more under control. Because mm. if your personal life's out of control, it definitely affects your work. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, there's no question. If your personal life's out of control, it affects your work at, when you get to work in the morning. So there's a lot of reasons to rethink how you get things done and what you're focused on and where you spend your time and where you shouldn't spend it and why aren't you spending it where you should and a lot of people are just floating through life uh, get up in the morning go to work and come home and not quite sure if they did all the important things it so, becomes quite uh, frustrating I mean certainly for me I know that um, I get really frustrated and um, anxious I guess if I'm not getting things done as I'd like to and I don't know if that's the case for everyone but um, yeah I, I get what you mean a lot of people are just coasting through life sort of unconsciously going about their days well, there's a lot of people suffering from anxiety for, because of this. I mean, they say 40 million Americans are suffering from anxiety. And a lot of that is just built up pressure on all parts of your life that where you don't feel like you're in control anymore and you wake up in the night and you can't sleep and next thing you're worried about it and you get everything out of perspective. So there's a lot of stuff to do. You know, it almost doesn't matter what you know if you can't get anything done. Yeah. And if you, you know, if your marriage breaks up or your kids don't see you enough or your uh, people at work don't feel like you're open and honest and available for them. There's so many reasons this is important. I'm trying to get the schools, high schools and colleges to teach this more. Mm. And a lot of them are a lot of them are taking it on because uh, yeah, that's my books are, are becoming a textbook for colleges and universities because today's students want more uh, reality they don't want theory they want tell me how to do this don't give me these theories about leadership and management uh, tell me real life stories about how you do it and give me help me with systems how to do it so the young people today are more realistic about i want to learn how to do it not just don't tell me a bunch of stuff i learned in a class yeah yeah i get that yeah certainly yeah, the, yeah. the tools of the yeah. trade is, as such mm-hmm 
So what? Sure is. So this book, um, I guess, I mean, it's it's quite a, a big topic, time management. Um, so I'm assuming this time management magic, the book that you've written there, would cover a lot of the details in that. But what what are the? I mean, is this system something that you developed personally, or is it something that you sort of adapted from that training session you went to, and then sort of just built um, throughout your career? Yeah, I went to the system. I started to get. I started to understand how important it was, and then I started reading about it, reading everything I could about it. And then I started doing it myself. And over the years, you kind of put together your own little system of ways to do things and little remember ways to remember things and ways to follow up on things. And yeah. uh, so this was over thirty-five years. I just kind of accumulated some real uh, and. Uh, easy ways for people to take it on and to understand that it's not complicated and uh, really most of us to get back to a paper planner and not try to do everything on your phone because those apps for time management on phones don't really work very well and uh, <laughs> most people most people who go back to paper find out that their phone and paper together can really make them powerful I, I do like that I, I've been into some of these apps and tested them out but I, I spend more time trying to figure them out and managing them and then I'd, I'd benefit from them. Yeah, um, it's not, not so very effective. I sort of don't, I've got one that I sort of use a little bit now, but um, I still use paper as, as more than anything. What, um, yeah. Lee, for, for the audience, I guess, in your role, obviously in, in all the um, uh, companies you've worked for, but more recently with as the Executive Vice President of Operations, certainly being uh, responsible for the Paris setup as well, I mean, you would have had a lot of staff um, to deal with there, and you would have had a lot on your plate yourself to, to organize. Um, so it makes sense um, that you'd have to be organized in that role. What can just to, to put it in context, what sort of what did your day look like working with um, as, as executive vice president? Yeah, for me, one of the theories I've really come up with over the years is that when you're in a management job that has a lot of uh, responsibility, you need to really think about having a good routine. Mm. That you cut, you kind of have a routine about your life, and my routine was kind of like this. It, it was at Marriott and Dis and uh, Hilton also. I got to work at six fifteen in the morning, and and uh, I got all my email done, caught up. I planned my day and my day planner uh, by eight o'clock, so I had an hour and forty five minutes before anybody showed up before I had a first meeting. I pre-scheduled time out in the parks and the hotels to walk them and talk to the cast members and see what was going on. I really scheduled my whole my whole career. I put it in my calendar. As they say, you ought to schedule the priorities in your life. Put them in your calendar. If something, you know, if your kids are important, schedule them to take them out on Saturday at 10 o'clock and tell them beginning of the week so they can get excited about it. Then schedule the priorities in your life. And even when I ran a hotel, I got out at 6.15. I walked the whole hotel. I, I talked to every cast member. I made sure the hallways were clean. Went down and talked to the meeting planners, went through the kitchens, went down to the lobby, checked the driveway. I uh, did that over and over and over again. And then I did it again at 11 o'clock and I did it again at five o'clock. So three hours a day, I walked my operation routine yeah. so I could see if things had been repaired, see if anything needed to be taken care of. I wanted all the employees to see me every day so they got comfortable with me, yep. so that they would help me and tell me the truth about what was going on. And uh, routine is really important. Somebody said, you know, if management's about routine. If you want to be have excitement, go be a race car driver. Because management, you don't want excitement. You want things to stay calm and cool and everything's <laughs> right and the customer's getting taken care of and everybody knows their job. And uh, yeah, you open on time and you close on time and the lights are at the right level, the music's at the right level. 
calmness. calmness. <laughs> we don't we, we don't want fires in management. We want to this is fire prevention. <laughs> yeah, well, that can upset everything. But um, yeah, I guess that that makes sense why you need that routine as well. What? I mean, routine throughout the day. So you sort of be at work at what six fifteen? You said, and what time would you wrap up your days usually? I left at five o'clock. Yeah. And I went. I went to the gym and worked out for about an hour and fifteen minutes, and I got usually home around ten to seven. So uh, that working out and exercise was really important to me because when you're in a high stress job, or and not even that life, and well, you need to be exercising. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and working out, and even today, you know, I w- exercise every day, and I have a strength trainer twice a week, so I don't fall and break a hip as I get older. I did it this morning, and he works me out. I'm stronger now than I was when I was 20 years old, and I think too many people give up and they start misunderstanding old age you know your muscles don't know how old you are if you keep working them. <laughs> you, <laughs> you can point. fool them you can fool them and yeah. uh, so uh, I okay. just uh, I even have routine today I get up uh, 536 I go to Starbucks I read the New York Times every morning I spend about an hour there meet with people I come home if I'm writing a book I write for two hours uh, get my work done and uh, kind of focus on my health I focus on my family I focus on my business and then if I have any time left, then I'll go help, uh, you know, play golf or do things. But I have to, I'm really into getting the priorities of my life accomplished so I don't let them get out of control. And then go do whatever else you want to do. Take a nap, uh, uh, go for a run, go whatever you need to do. You know, uh, watch TV, it doesn't matter. But get the main things and know what the main things are in your life. What do mm. you really want to be known for in your life with your family and at work? What do you want to be remembered for? What kind of legacy do you want to leave? And if you don't know what they are, you won't focus on them. So is this in sort of you talking about values there, your, your personal values? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Somebody said, what do you work on first? Ever? I said, me. Because my wife said, take care of yourself, Lisa, you can take care of us. Yeah. And that's a good thing to remember. If you don't take care of yourself at work, you can't take care of your people. If you don't have energy and stamina and be able to keep cool and calm and treat people respectfully and, you know, uh, when you're the leader or the parent, you've got to behave yourself. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You're, you're, you have a big influence. Uh, people are watching you and they're judging you, your children or people at work or strangers. And uh, I think about that a lot. Is my own behavior acceptable? Mm. And I'm, not, and I'm not, not getting out of control and not getting angry and not doing inappropriate things and telling inappropriate jokes. And oh, you really got to watch yourself these days. You know, I was in Vegas the other day and they said anything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And on the internet, <laughs> so <laughs> good thing to remember on the internet for life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just uh, I think we all could just sit back and rethink how we spend our time and where we ought to be spending it, and really refocus where we're wasting time and not getting value. Because hmm. we all got the same amount of time. Some people get a lot done. Some people get nothing done. And then they have a lot of excuses. They want to blame everybody. Yeah, uh, absolutely. With this, what is it? 168 hours a week, so. Um, yeah. We all get exactly the same time. What, um, in regards to your, your routines, and so obviously, you know, having a good routine has been part of your success there and, and key to keeping your head above the water. And you said exercise as well. Is there anything else in particular outside sort of those working hours that you, that you practice that you believe really assisted you in, in, you know, getting more done? Well, I think when you feel good, you get more done, frankly. 
I just know. eating no. right. I think all your listeners can understand when you wake up in the morning, you feel great, how much you get done that day. Yeah, yeah. And it really, there's three areas. It's exercise, sleep, and diet. Those are the three ways that affect your energy and how you feel. Okay. And uh, so people got to really try to quit uh, saying, well, it's not that. And drinking 12 beers is probably not good for you. So, uh, yeah. Are you a drinker? Yeah, I drink wine every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't drink two bottles. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, everything, you just got to, I think we just don't sit back and have a conversation with ourselves and reflect on what we're doing and what we ought to quit doing. And we just kind of get to older age and we have regrets. We wish we'd have spent more time with our daughter. We wish we had exercise. We wish we had whatever had a better relationship with our wife and by the time you have regrets it's Mm. too late you know you don't want to get to that position why do you think a lot of people are like that in your you know in your experience lee with with life in general and and just having no awareness of of their actual values and then drive towards those and and you know i guess the life that they want to live rather than a an unconscious life where they're just going about day to day What, what what is your there's a quote that says, if you don't take time to plan the life you want, you're going to spend a lot of time living the life you don't want. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, it's certainly worth a thing. I think it's a lot of us how you're raised. My mother was very disciplined. She taught us how to be disciplined. My grandmother taught us empathy. So <clears throat> I'd say those two things, discipline and empathy, are probably the, the foundation for good leadership and good parenting. And then my wife and I practiced that, and she grew up in a family where there was, you know, you're lucky if you grow up in a family that's fairly stable and that you uh, get, you learn the right values and the right way to do things. And uh, then my son, he's a great father, and uh, he and his wife been married for 23 years, and they have three kids, and they're all great kids. And they all, you know, they always say, what you teach your kids, they teach their children. Yep. And what you, what you teach your employees, they teach the new employees. And I think we just underestimate. Uh, most people underestimate the impact they have on other people. And I think most people need to raise their expectations for their own own self, their own lives. Raise your expectations. You can do more than you think you can do. Hmm. We get in, we get insecure, and life throws us a few curveballs, and we don't like it, and we give up. And I've been listen in my my new book, Career Magic. Let me. I talk about all the failures I had in my life. I've been fired, passed over, uh, disappointed, uh, moved. My wife and I moved 11 times in my career to get better jobs, better things, and I messed up a lot. And and uh, there's always life after each one of those events. My best time was my last 15 years in my career. I had a lot of bumps along the way. Hmm. And too many people give up. I just don't get up. Don't give up. I mean, especially young people. Gosh, you got you can recover, and all these things are going to happen to a lot of us. We all get disappointed, don't get the job we wanted, or we end up with a boss we can't stand, or he can't stand us, or whatever. Just get over it, move on, look forward. You got 20, 30, 40 years. You can make mistakes, and uh, and I I had that I think that perseverance to get up and through those disappointments I had and pick myself up. And uh, of course, I had a wife that really stuck with me we've been married 48 years now nice and and uh you need you need family during those tough times let me tell you because mm. <laughs> it's easy to get depressed when you're having a tough career and you're out of a job and you got two kids and a mortgage and and you got to really uh make sure you don't get emotionally down too far where you can't pick yourself up and get back on the trail to being successful there long term yeah there's so yeah. much um so much <laughs> t- so many different tangents we can go on there 
um, just with what you've said then. But yeah, certainly I love the message, you know, don't give up. And I, I think no matter where you are in life, I think, you know, I see a lot of people in their 50s or even older um, that seem to be that. They seem to be disgruntled that they, you know, that they did give up and, <laughs> and they're not actually, you know, they seem to have this negative taste in their mouth about life. And I just think it's a shame because, you know, if they just persevered through that hard time, whatever point that might have been, um, their life could be totally different. And well, and I, I tell people, teach your kids this. Make sure your kids are having responsibilities at home. They work. They have things they have to do. They have to complete them. And when they get to be teenagers, they have jobs. They have to be to work on time. They have to work with other people because when they're going to show up at the workplace one day, they need this resilience. Mm. And they they need to uh, understand that your mother won't be there when you get your first job. <laughs> you got to you got to have your act together and have the right attitude. And I think enough parents are not doing that. We got too many parents wanting to be friends with their kids and give them everything the world and all of my grandkids they don't have to work because their dad's very successful but they do work and they work outside pulling weeds when they're 16 and 17 and horticulture and yeah. landscaping and they all have jobs and and uh, that pays off later now they under, they've had to work with adults they've uh, you know and some adults don't like kids around <laughs> especially yeah, teenagers and, but it, it teaches you things, and uh, parents have got to remember that. Your job is to get your kids ready for life, not to uh, just to have a good time until they're 18. Yeah. I want to ask you, I want to get into sort of that discipline and, and how we go about um, incorporating a bit more of that into our lives and, and helping others do that as well. But what, I mean, as a very, as a person with a lot of routine, a lot of, you know, organization, uh, I can sort of relate there. I feel like I'm pretty organized as well. What and that's that's quite that gives you that certainty and calmness. What do you do to create excitement in your life, or what did you do to create excitement in your in your life? Yeah, that's sort of a role uh, mask. Yeah, I mean, my wife and I do a lot of things, and but uh, you know, in 2011, I went to Baghdad during the war and did some 13 seminars for the military. Right. And uh, my wife and I travel. We go, you know, we went to Lisbon this year. Go to Australia. We go going on a river cruise from. Uh, to Prague next summer and we uh, you know those are the kinds of things we like to do and we have friends and we like to dine out and we like to spend time with our grandkids and family dinners on Sunday night where everybody comes over and we eat together and uh, and uh, you know I do my workouts every day and exercise so I mean we have a pretty full life but uh, if we're gonna you know I block out August next year for vacation. We'll take off and I won't book anything. And so if my wife says we want to do something, we block it out and we go do it. Mm. We're going to deep. We're going on a little five day vacation to Washington this week on Wednesday, and we block that out. We're going to go visit friends and we're going to the Naval Academy. And I've got a couple of speeches while we're there. And uh, nice. just okay. I just and I think we may get more done because we do plan it. Yeah. <laughs> we look out and say, what do you want to do next? And she says, I want to do this. I said, okay, let's pick a month and we block it out. And then we schedule it and get the airline tickets and go do it. And uh, and I do. I, I enjoy my speaking on leadership and management. It's uh, kind of my golf game. Somebody says, why do you do it, Lee? And I said, because the audience applauds. So that's, <laughs> uh, you know, when I play golf, nobody applauds. And uh, so I, I, I enjoy it. I would do it even if I didn't get paid for it because it's a lot of fun. I do it for the military for free. I do it for public schools for free. I don't yeah. charge them. Nonprofits, health and human services, I do it for free. Yeah. Uh, just to help them because I can. And uh, it's good when somebody calls you and says, thanks for what you taught us. Hmm. You feel really good about that, and uh, so yeah, so it's kind of 
Give and I'm pretty, compul- I'm pretty compulsive. That's why I need routine. I don't like things. I don't like uh, not to not know what's happening. I, uncertainty is not something I like very much. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sort of just looking at that now, and, and I've just been thinking about it. That's why I thought I'd bring it up, because I feel when you're so you know disciplined and got that routine down pat, that's when it becomes hard to really persevere sometimes because you, you're just doing it same in, same out every day. And I know that we all crave, you know, uh, variety in life. And I just wondered, you know, what you do to mix that up. And obviously planning holidays and, and things like that really help you sort of just have those breaks in between that I think are required to, to really keep going. Yeah, in many days I get my work all done and all the things I want to do and I take a nap and, you know, and <laughs> or I go out to Starbucks, I have a coffee in the afternoon with friends or... It's just that I want the routine, so I make sure that I'm doing what's going to help my life and my yeah. family's life before I go off goofing off and playing Candy Crush or watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> That's so, these days. Yeah. What about you know back you know earlier on in your career? What you know when you're working in these big resorts? Unfortunately, I didn't. You know, when I worked for Hilton, I worked six days a week. It was brutal back in those days. And then Marriott, I got a five-day work week. And you know, and then we had a child. So when you have a child, your whole life changes. Yeah. And we spent time with him every one of my days off. Originally, my day off was Thursday with Hilton. That was my only day off. I took my son to Central Park in New York every Thursday and let my wife sleep late. He and I had a ball together, and then. as we got uh, into Marriott, he was in school, and I cooked for the football team, and I was there for every time, and it was family things. And then uh, now we got grandkids, and they're off in college, and my wife and I are doing things together more and more and more. So it it changes as you go through different parts of your life. If you got kids, you need to spend more time with them, and when you don't have them, you can go do whatever you want. And uh, so we, 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 we adjust and we change. And I'm married to a saint, let me tell you. She doesn't mind doing her thing, and I do my thing. So she goes off to her book club or goes to lunch with friends, and I go do my thing. And So retirement's been a good deal. We get along great, and uh, we, don't need, we don't need a lot of companionship every minute of the day. No, okay. And, uh, yeah, so I'm low, I'm low maintenance, so she likes that. So to keep that, to keep your sanity there throughout your career, what has been some of the, I mean, other than your habits that you've sort of talked about, exercise, sleep and diet, um, I mean, is it booking that time away? Is it holidaying? What's been the thing that's kept you, you know, persevering, I guess, through the challenges as well? Yeah, I'm kind of wired that way. I have this huge sense of uh, failing. (laughs) I don't want to fail. I grew up in a family that was kind of dysfunctional and a little bit, my mother was married five times and... I was adopted a couple of times with different husbands, and I, my brother and I both just kind of decided we were not going to fail, and my mother was married five times. I've been married once. My brother's been married four times, and my wife and I cut that off because uh, we need, decided we we're going to change uh, the structure of how we did things, and so uh, uh, that's how I think about it. keeping our marriage strong, keeping, uh, and I tell you, as you get older, you thank God you got a wife, you know, as we, you go ahead through health issues, or she does, that you got somebody with you, and I always tell people, you think you have friends, but at the end of the day, it's usually family that sticks in there with you, Yeah. and that's, that's at the end of the day, you know, I feel sorry for people that don't have a family, or don't, you know, and you got, as you get older, and don't have a family, and grandkids to look after you, and kids to look after you, because we're all going to get there, and, uh, I think when we're young, we don't understand the strength of those relationships over the long period of time. And uh, 
So, uh, yeah, we, uh, when I, I, in fact, I would say it was a negative during my first half of my career with Marriott and Hilton. I worked way too much and I didn't have very much balance and I wasn't home. My wife and I didn't celebrate any holiday together for the first 15 years of my career because I was always working. I was in, I was, I was in food and beverage and I was in the hotel business and I look, um, uh, my son has corrected that he's home for dinner almost every night and it makes a difference. And I, I'm sorry that I missed those times. Yeah, I can talk about regrets. I wish I had spent more time focusing on getting home on time and yep. being there. But I was so compulsive and uh, insecure that I worked myself to death to make sure I was successful and not uh, – I was only focused on my work at that time. And I, mm. I didn't really understand the whole balance of it all. Which is and, a good, uh, good message too, I think, for everyone listening. Well, it is. And uh, – my son, you know, he's done it just the opposite. He gets re- he gets recruited all the time to go to New York and go here and big jobs, but he said, no way. He's staying here. He's able to get off on weekends most times. He's able to get home for dinner most evenings, and his kids are the most well – they're far more adjusted than I am. <laughs> they're not as weird as I am So uh, okay. because it, it matters, family life together and feeling safe and secure, and you know. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. And, yeah. Uh, so I, I made a lot of mistakes early in my career. I was working all the time and not paying much attention at home. And uh, you pay for that when you look back. So tell us, you've talked I mean, yeah, a lot about the, the good habits and routines and bits and pieces. What are some of the worst then or you know, some of the challenges? You, you talk about, um, you know, I guess working too much and not having that time down. Um, what have been some of the other the, the bad habits that you've, you've created in your career? Or <laughs> yeah, I would say... I say one of the challenges I had is my wife got very sick back in 08 and uh, she almost died. She was in the hospital for 64 days. The bill was $700,000. I had to take care of her for two years. She was so sick she didn't get out of bed almost. And uh, I ended up with anxiety and depression and had had to get treated for a year by a psychiatrist and psychologist. And I recovered. And then it happened again eight years later when I had some personal problems in my family that really upset me. And I First, did had insomnia and then had anxiety again. I had to get treated for nine months. I'm okay now, but it was a rough period. And I didn't used to appreciate people who had depression and anxiety. I thought it was an attitude. I didn't understand what their problem was. Yeah. And, and what I learned was the psychiatrist told me, I said, why? I've never had this before. He said, Lee, business pressure and personal pressure, two different things. You know, if you think your wife's going to die or your grandkids or somebody in your family, that's different than uh, business stuff, which you can get over and move on. And it was true. I never expected it. I thought I was like uh, steel. Nothing could happen to Lee Cocker. I'm a tough guy. I can handle anything. And boy, did I, I ended up with a, it just shows you how fragile people are. And, uh, and you think you're tough. And I would say most people are not as tough as you think you are. And until something really tragic happens, uh, it puts it in perspective. And I have, I have a no, whole new appreciation for making sure that I'm focused on more balance and not taking things so personally. And, and yeah, even I do meditation now. I wear exercise for that reason. I was seeing a psychologist to try to understand why I had this control thing. I always wanted to control everything. Yeah. And when you when you can't control things, you get anxiety. Right. <laughs> and I could I couldn't control my wife's health. I, you know, and I've learned how more and more to deal with that now and not to get things out of perspective. So and, how do you uh, deal what, with that control issue? Well, I've just kind of the psychologist really helped me think about why I was doing that. And, and you know, one guy, as he said, your brain is lying to you. 
it's your insecurity that's kicking in, Lee. Uh, mm. Things are never as bad as you think they are. And I started to think about that. And he saw it. He said every day, take an hour and sit down after you worked out and just sit on the couch for 30, 40 minutes and worry about everything you want to worry about. And uh, then when you wake up in the middle of the night, you'll have worked your way through that. And it's really helped me to let things go. When my wife and I get annoyed at each other, I let it go. And it's helped me to not react and not have to win. I don't have to win anymore. I I was so insecure. I wanted to win every argument. I was always right. And, you know, and I was insecure. So my stomach hurt when somebody was trying to give me personal advice that I didn't appreciate. And I've kind of learned to let that go. And you just got to think about it. Every, I have to think about it. I was the problem, not my wife. Mm. And it was my own insecurity that caused the problem. And it was my... Uh, OCD and probably a compulsiveness that was causing the problem. And I had to learn that I had that problem and I had to get over it and quit punishing everybody. As my son said once when he was 14, he said, Dad, you ought to sit in the hot tub for 15 minutes when you come home. Everything was fine until you got here. You know? And uh, <laughs> yeah. how we, co we come home and start things that don't need to be started because we've had a stressful day or whatever happened. Yeah. Now I come home and I... Did you, know? you find that affected your, you know, your role as a leader? Because I mean, you were leading thousands oh, sure. of managers, weren't you? I mean, how does that sort of controlling attitude? I mean, it's like micromanaging almost. I imagine were you a micromanager or? Yeah, well, I was the first fifteen, twenty years of my career, and I really learned to move out of that over time. Mm. And I just learned that you, first of all, I don't know what was going on at Disney half the time, but I really learned the key is hiring great people. you got to hire the best people around you and then let them do their job, not micromanage them, not take I, – I no longer have the need to know everything. Right. I, hire, I hire great people. I turn them loose. I have them. a comfortable relationship with them. They know they can come to me. They know they can tell me when I'm making a mistake, and I'll accept it. Yep. And uh, so I had to change uh, getting out of being in control to being able to trust people. And today, I would say I generally trust people, and I have learned to let it go, that I can't control everything. If I have experts around me, I don't need to anyway. Okay. Were you a different player on the on the field as such or hard work than at home, or did you did you feel you? Uh, I was pretty much pretty intense at home and at work. And, <laughs> intense. You know, I, I couldn't take – I didn't like personal feedback very much from my wife or from my bosses. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't like them trying to coach me or to help me. And I, today I can accept that and understand that it's true. I, my wife gives me some of the best advice in the world, and I should have accepted it all along. Now I listen to her, and she's right. You know, people see you differently than you see yourself. And uh, we're, all, um, we're all a matter of all of our being how we grew up and – insecurities and god knows what and uh it's the aim I, of progression I, I, I mean i think it's important that we take on that advice how, how do you find i mean obviously you had to give a lot of feedback to to people and you know very um high people in the company as well but how do you find it's best to approach you know feedback because obviously there can be you know, constructive criticism i, I guess and there can be destructive stuff as well yeah, I think you've got to build that culture with your people where they trust you, and you got to really, you know, somebody said, how do you get be trusted? Well, you got to be trustworthy. So I worked really hard to make sure I didn't do anything that they didn't trust me on. I was available for them. I didn't over, overreact. And uh, that uh, creating that culture where, and I think then when you give feedback, I tell people when they go to work for me, uh, here's how I work, guys. When you do something wrong, I'm going to talk to you about it. And when you're doing something great, I'm going to tell you that too. Hmm. And I'm going to always be doing it for you. 
So when they come into my office, they say, hey, I got two. First of all, you're doing a great job of this and this, but here's what I want to talk to you about. You need to quit talking to people like that in a meeting. It's inappropriate what you said to that lady. And I'm telling you this for your own career. It's not for me. I'm fine. If you don't, if you keep doing this, it's going to hurt you. And I want you to know I'm for you and I'm going to be there for you. But I need to tell you directly, I don't want to be the person responsible because you failed in your career because I didn't tell you something. And uh, it's like raising your kids, you know, and not correcting them and not disciplining. And then one day they get in all kinds of trouble because you haven't trained them and they haven't taught them the right way. So that's how I think about it. Very candid, very straightforward, uh, very calm. How do you take on the feedback then? Yourself, how did you learn to, you know, actually go, well, this is feedback and let me assess it and then use it, you know, for my own personal progression? Yeah, I had a boss who tried to help me with that, and I was always – he kept working me and working me and working me. And one day he said – I was pushing back again and being ridiculous, and he said, Lee, we're talking about a business problem. Do you realize the whole world is not about Lee Cockrell? And I'll never forget that. The whole world is not about Lee Cockrell. The whole world does not revolve around Lee Cockrell. Just get over it. Let it go. And he just did that over and over and over till I learned to finally – Accept it. Now, I still have some of that in me. There's no question, but I've learned how to control it. Mm. And even when my wife and I, my wife says something to me, I have that urge to say something back, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's a really important point, and um, you know, I, I look at it in my life too. And, and my, I don't. I sometimes think my partner doesn't want to give me feedback just because she's worried about what it might cause. Um, yeah. But I appreciate. Like she gave me something yesterday, the other day, and I just went, "Wow!" And I actually thanked her for it in the car. Which I normally wouldn't do either, but I'm I'm trying to you know just be more aware and acknowledge it, and and I actually did appreciate that that was you know worthy feedback, and I just needed to hear that. Um, well, that's true. Tell her you love her and you appreciate the feedback, and you'll be a better person. I guarantee you. Hopefully, she'll uh, <laughs> be more encouraged to give me some more along the way as well. Yeah, good for her. It's not always right, I might add. Yeah, yeah, but you, you know, when you finally come to the conclusion that you're the problem and not them, then you start to understand. I had a trouble for that for because nobody ever told me, nobody ever. I was so intimidating that people didn't want to take me on, and then I had a boss who finally did, and he straightened me out. Right. He was tougher. He was tougher than I was. So, God bless him, like Bud Davis. I'll never forget him. Yeah. So I want to jump into leadership now and and sort of backtrack a little bit to discipline, um, starting off. But what? How do we? How do we become more disciplined in our lives and how do we help others? I mean, I guess through through being disciplined ourselves, we can help others be disciplined just through example. But how, how do we create that discipline? Because I, I think there's a lot of people that just lack it. And I think that's a, a big issue with them, you know, getting through life and getting the things that they want to done. done. Yeah, well, I'd say the main way you do it is got to understand that it's an issue and that it's a, it's a learnable thing. It's not that you were born disorganized. No. It's that you were never taught, and maybe some of it was in childhood. You know, your mother said to make your bed, and you didn't do it, and she didn't do anything about it. Feed the dog, you didn't do it, and she didn't do anything about it. So all of a sudden, you learned that you didn't have to have any, you didn't have to follow through. Hmm. And uh, and then uh, I think we go to school, and uh, your parents don't say anything about your grades, and you don't do well, and then uh, they don't make you follow through, and they don't check your homework, and they don't, uh, and then when you're you know, when you get to be 16 or 17, uh, some parents don't have their kids get a job and learn discipline because you got to be to work on time. You got to do what your boss tells you. You got to uh, work with other people. You got to get along and all those kinds of things. And I would say that's why I wrote the time management book is it, people need to study and understand the concept that this is 
not hopeless. You can get organized. I didn't take this class till I was 36 years old, and it turned my career around dramatically. About mm. every day, having taken 15, 20 minutes to think about what I'm going to do today, this week, and this month, get and in my planner, uh, working through the planner all day long, uh, having a list of things I need to get done. My annual physicals, my work, going back to take a class. Uh, doing something for my family, visiting the teachers where my kid was in school. Well, all the things that were important that I learned how to start getting them in there. And they're all listed in this book. And I think it's just, that's what I told the professors in college. You got to teach kids this stuff. They don't know. Hmm. And if you don't know, you don't know. It's a system. You know, you got to learn to be organized. It's not, it's not a genetic problem. <laughs> You know, you can't blame it on your great-grandparents or your grandparents or your parents. It's just a learned thing. It's a system. You learn how to do it, and, and then when you start doing it, it'll become the way you work. Completely and most people different. have some discipline, yeah. you know. Most people are on time to the airport to catch their plane. Most people buy the tickets. Most people do. People have the ability. They when just don't know how to. to them. <laughs> right. They don't know how to apply it to their whole life. Yeah. And if you applied it to your whole life instead of just the things you want to do versus the things you should be doing, that's the difference. Most people are doing what they want to do, and they figure out a, a way to get that done, but they don't figure out to do the things they don't want to do, which are hard, hard things. Everybody puts off hard things. I tell people every week, make sure you're doing one or two hard things every week, because when you do hard things, life gets easier. When you do easy things, life gets harder. Yeah. And, uh, you got to have those tough conversations. You got to exercise. You got to save your money instead of spending it foolishly and getting credit card debt. You got to have discussions with your children. You got to have do the hard things, and you'll start to feel better. And you know how you feel when you get something done hard. You check it off. You feel great. The night before, you don't because you don't want to do it. But then when you get it done, it's done, and you you move on, and it clears up your mind and clears up your attitude. And I just make sure every week that I'm trying to think about, is there anything in my life hard that I haven't dealt with that I'm putting off and I need to get it done so I would quit thinking about it. Deal with what's hard. Yeah, okay. I like that. Deal with it. What, yeah. um, I mean, because it's, it's one thing, you know, when you're growing up, you've got the parent to discipline you or, you know, in a work situation, you've got a boss. But when it comes to, like, a lot of the audience listening, they're working on their own projects and uh, myself included, you know, it, it's sometimes that case of you have to discipline yourself. How did you, I mean, as a leader, how did you create that discipline in your staff without, you know, using um, sort of that, that parenting or follow-up sort of technique? Yeah, well, you yeah. know, I think uh, when you hire the right people and we look for that discipline and yeah. when we hire at Disney, we have a profiling system we look at. But I think clarity, being clear with people, clarity when you hire them and clarity, clarity of how you work, uh, clarity about being on time, clarity about due dates. Uh, when you ask somebody to do something, tell them I need that back by Friday at 5 o'clock, not just whenever you get a chance or as soon as possible. Have more discipline okay. in the way you delegate. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if you tell your kids you want them to make their bed, you can tell them, I want the bed made before you go to school, period. Right. Not like when you get, not when you feel like it, yeah, yeah. which will be like three years from now. And uh, so clarity. I think clarity about expectations and um uh, clarity for yourself, more clarity. Raise the expectations for people that work for you or your children, and and Makes make sense. sure you follow. Make sure you follow through, and then they will learn to follow through. And you'll have a group of people working for you that are organized, and then life gets easier. Mm. You don't have to worry about things getting done on time. And uh, and I know you've worked with people like I have that you don't trust them. You're sure they're not going to get it done. It's not going to be done very well. There's going to be mistakes and. And that's not a way to work together as a team to get, especially in high 
profile companies like Disney and others, it's well, you got to you, you got to be accurate. You got to be on time. You got to get it done. Yeah. And you got to you got to learn to do a lot of work because they want a lot out of every person. Yeah. I hear with um, discipline often that you know it's just like to start get being more disciplined in life is just to work on a few things, work on a few disciplines, and one that comes up often is just you know making the bed as an example. And if you're not currently making the bed, we'll just get into that discipline first. And then that can help you in, in other areas of life as well. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I think it's progressive. I think you start learning to get your personal life under order and discipline about having your personal life in order and it'll translate. It becomes a, I think it becomes a state of mind. When you decide that you're going to be you want your reputation to be a person of reliability, credibility, a person who keeps their promises, a person who does what they said they're going to do. If that's a kind of way you want to be thought about, then you've got to you've got to you've got to start to buy into this discipline thing that everything you're going to do every day is not going to be fun mm. because it's called responsibility. You know, having kids is not fun. <laughs> it's fun sometimes, <laughs> and it's not fun every day. And being a manager of people is not fun. It's fun sometimes, but there's a lot of tough times. You got to sit and talk to people and be clear and be candid and be straightforward. And yeah. I think you've just pe people either decide that I'm going to be a person of integrity and honesty, and I'm going to tell the truth, and I'm going to be a person who's reliable and credible and keeps my promise and does what I said I'm going to do, or you're not. And if you do those things, you're going to be just more successful. And if you're unreliable and you don't do what you say you're going to do and you're irresponsible, you're not going to have much success. Somebody I saw a quote the other day that said you. All of us are just one decision away from having a different life, you know, and you can yeah. decide mm. which way you want to go. You're one decision away. You can get better, you get it worse. Yep, yep. And uh, it's a good thing to remember, especially for teenagers. You're one decision away from make, having a totally different life than you may want. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's for everyone listening to the show, really, um, you know, and myself included, that we can make that decision and that can certainly um, have impact to change the, the rest of our life and if you want to live that life that you desire one without regrets and um, that decision is yours to make today yeah um, but I love that clarity certainly on discipline I think that's a really valid uh, really good point anyway for me um, you know if you're clear about what you're doing um, you'll be able to apply the discipline to doing it um, yeah, and just think about where you're spending your time that you ought to stop. Hmm. Friends that you probably ought to quit hanging out with because they're really not good for you <laughs> and, yeah. you know just just kind of one week go through and think about it every day. Is this really where I should? What am I doing here? Why am I doing this? Nice. You know, I'm yeah, going to yeah. stop doing this. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to quit going there every day at five o'clock, and I'm going to start doing this, and I'm going to take a course. And I'm going to do. You can reschedule no, yourself. You start asking yourself that question more and more, and I, I mean, I still do tons of yeah. stupid shit that I shouldn't do, but um, certainly for me, that's when I had that bit of an awakening where I just asked myself. Why am I doing this? Why am I living this life? What's it all for? And um, <laughs> the more I asked those questions, the more I started to go, well, actually, it doesn't really have much purpose to me. You know, this doesn't really fulfill me. It doesn't give me that direction I want. Um, right. And then I was able to make better decisions for that. Good yeah. for you. That's great. So I think it's, uh, yeah, very important. So what we've talked a lot about time management as far as, you know, things that we can do, routine and scheduling and all that sort of stuff and certainly around discipline as well. What are some of the, the key traits to effective leadership there, Lee? Well, I think if, you, if somebody said, give me one word that describes leadership, for me it's trust. All I would try to worry about is being trusted. Okay. And, uh, Let's talk and about trust. Sometimes trust is meaning I've got to tell people things they don't want to hear. But they will learn that they can trust me, that I'm doing it for them. And so 
I think that do, making hard decisions, you know, they say management's about how to get things done, you know, you make a list, you check them off, that's management. You keep life under control, you check it off, that gets done. Leadership's about how to be, how to be there for your people, how to be a person who can make the hard decisions, how to be able to have the hard discussions, how to be a person of integrity, be honest, how to be candid, how to be straightforward, how to be sensitive, be. You know, and I think a lot of people are doing a lot, but they're not being a lot. And yeah. I try more and more every day to be trusted by people, to be there for them when they need me, whether it's a stranger or whether it's a young person who wants to talk to me about their career or my wife. And I want to be more than do. Because just doing things, yeah, we can all get a bunch of stuff done and check it off, but how to be, how to be there for your children, how to be there for your parents, your aging grandparents, how to be there for them and, and uh, be the person that... You know, how to be. It's just an interesting way. Be more than and, do, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Could we all be better? Yes. Could we all be more? Yes. What's keeping us from doing it? Probably just not thinking about it. Yeah. And uh, every day I think about anybody I run into, I want to be a better person, you know. I, a guy walked up to me in the parking lot the other day and said, hey, could, he get, uh, could I give him something for dinner? And I gave him 20 bucks. He about fainted. And I said, well, I made one person's day. And uh, he he looked hungry, too. He was in bad shape. And uh, I just think more. When a young student calls me and said, can I meet with you talk about my career? I could either say, no, I don't talk to people like you. Or I could say, sure, meet me at Starbucks in the morning. Hmm. And I do that. And so all of a sudden, and I will guarantee you, when you start to be more and be better, you, it all comes around eventually. Yeah. It all comes around. That- Somehow, one day, it comes around. I believe that more than anything. What um, in in regards to trust? How do you go about creating trust, and and what are the challenges that you faced with being? Because I, I assume in in your sort of role, sometimes it's it's hard to be totally vulnerable, totally open, and you know tell the entire yeah, truth. Mean, but what do you, what are your lessons been, and what are, how do we do that? Well, it is hard because it's not that people didn't trust me. They don't trust the job. They don't trust the leadership. The executive vice presidents who they don't trust. Hmm. Until they get to know me on a personal level or they know about my reputation. So that's what I was always working on. If, if somebody came to see me and my whole office was trained on how to make them feel comfortable, tell them Lee's going to – I'd go out and get them. I wouldn't have them brought into my office. I would sit with them. I would never sit behind my desk. I made sure everybody in the Disney organization knew they could come and see me anytime they wanted. I was available or by a phone call. And I just worked on that. So really being human. I worked it and worked it and worked it. And uh, when I did something right for somebody, they went out and told 10 other cast members, you know, he's a good guy. And he listened to me and he followed up and he did what he said he was going to do. And those are the things that you slowly, you know, trust takes a long time to build. I mean, really, when you think about it, it takes a long time until you really trust somebody. And then I just worked hard to make sure I didn't disappoint people. I started to become more aware of my own behaviors, not being preoccupied, making sure I was available for people when they wanted to see me, uh, being sensitive about how I gave people bad news, but still made sure they understood that it was for them and I was telling them the absolute truth. And uh, it's just a, it's just a, that uh, you just got to work it every day and be careful what you say and do because everybody's watching you and judging you and you can make a mistake and they won't trust you anymore. Mm. And I just I'm very cautious about making errors and uh, with people, yeah. because uh, you know people will smile to your face and go around talking about you behind your back about what a jerk you are and uh, yeah 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 and I don't need that and I don't want that and uh, you can't build a team that way and no. uh, 
and I want people to trust me. And it's not always easy because to build trust, you got to have a lot of hard discussions. You got to have a lot of hard decisions sometimes. Sometimes you have to terminate people, let people go, executives go. Uh, but uh, you know, when you got an executive who's not doing their job, everybody knows, and they're wondering why you're not dealing with it. Mm. You know, and that's a trust issue. They're starting, what's wrong with Lee? He talks about this, but he doesn't do it himself. And uh, everything yeah, comes around. Everything yeah. comes around. Let me tell you, everything comes around, and you got to be really aware. Everything you say and do is being watched and judged by everybody around you, and uh, every day, every second, every moment. And, and so, yeah. once you have that ability to understand that you start to behave better if you want to have a good reputation if you want that yeah no good point lee i've just uh, realized in time we could probably uh, continue this conversation for another hour if we both had the time but um i won't keep you there mate what you've written um these three books so you've got time management magic creating magic and the customer rules and i certainly did want to chat about customer service but we might save that for another time maybe yeah, let's do it again. And uh, yeah, those three books are good on those three subjects. Because the new one coming out in a couple of weeks is yeah. how, to, how to how to manage your career, and I think they're fun and uh, people enjoy them and they learn something from them. And if anybody wants anything from me, they can go to my website leecockrell.com. Everything's there. I have a podcast too. It's every Tuesday morning, 15 minutes. It's called Creating Disney Magic, and it's all about leadership, management, customer service. Okay, it's sure. free. It's free. People can go there and listen to them. And, uh, yeah, and... Uh, well, I'll stick all so those, those links in the show notes, Lee. I've got a few more questions that I ask all guests, so I want to jump through them. Yeah. If that's okay, I won't uh, keep sure. too long in them. Just um, on, on Career Magic, um, and it may not be related to your book, but what, what is your thoughts on the changing state of careers in the world and, and how we're approaching, you know, career these days? Yeah, well, I think there is. A, there's no question. There's this whole thing about kids that will won't stay with a company unless uh, they find uh, purpose there and and uh, responsibility, and that they're involved and their opinion counts. There's no question. Yeah. But we hire a lot of young people at Disney, and they don't leave. But a lot of companies hire great people, and they're great companies. Good banks, good uh, you know finance companies, good. Uh, all these great companies out there in the world, but uh, sometimes uh, they don't handle this new younger generation properly. And these people want to be engaged and they want to be involved from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And if you treat them right and uh, you make them feel like they're responsible and treat them as an individual and make them feel special and educate them and get them developed and understand their aspirations, that's what they want. They want you to understand their aspirations. They're not just some some kid. And so if you build the right culture and uh, and handle them right, you can keep them. But a lot of companies don't know how to do that. So kids, they come and they go and they're not committed. We're trying to make people committed. They'll go all the way, and uh, so that means I, I always tell people. Slowly, well, I feel that it's changing out there in the, in the corporate world. It too. is. Yeah. Well, it is, and you, you all got to think. You know, nobody working for you is going to be committed to you unless they're sure you're committed to them. Yeah. And you've got to show that every day. Mm. And these, these kids are smart now, man. I tell you, they are smart cookies, and they know a lot, and they can do a lot for you. Yeah. But they will. They will not stand around and not be recognized and not be made to feel important and yep. unlike me who worked like a dog you know and uh, put up with a lot of nonsense they don't do that anymore no no that's it lots of opportunities okay that's that's good what is is um is disney disney the happiest place to work yeah i think it was the best part of my career i say here's how i think about it on balance i had a great life there 
Sure. Are there problems? Yeah. 9-11, hurricanes, recessions, having to lay people off, fire people. Sure. But on balance. Yeah. And I say the reason I had a good career there because there's a lot of respect for each other there. Everybody yeah. treats each other respectfully no matter what your position. And uh, that was – I felt like I was appreciated. I felt like I mattered. Uh, we, we try to make everybody at Disney feel like they matter. So and make sure we put, um, yeah, so it's the culture that you see when you go to Disneyland as well. It's like your girlfriend. You tell her you love her, then she's going to stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what um, what was your biggest achievement? I've just got a few questions actually that's just come in through my Facebook yeah. feed here. What what would be or what would you rate as your biggest achievement as a uh, vice president of Disney? I would say all the work I did around leadership that creating this environment where people wake up in the morning wanted to come to work because we started treating them right we put better leaders in place uh, everybody ended up with a leader 99% of the time that they respected and, and uh, wanted to work for that yep. was not always the case before because we decided that leadership comes first and then until you get leadership in place you can't have a great environment and culture yep. and when you get that culture in place the cast members and employees will do the job because they want to not because they have to and you'll make more money. And I just continue to focus on that leadership, leadership, leadership. And uh, we've got to treat people right. We've got to pick the right leaders. We've got to deal with leaders that aren't behaving properly and are not leading properly. And we've got to move them out. And over time, we ended up with a very strong organization. So okay. I would leadership. say for any any of us, leaderships, that's where it all starts. What about yeah. a decision you made or, or something that um – maybe occurred in your time with Disney which uh, you'd change if you could go back well I can tell you one that I had to I was the first person to ever shut Disney World down during a hurricane coming and I was really nervous about it because it had never been shut down in 40 years and here's Lee Cockrell was going to shut the place down right. So, but I went ahead and moved through that decision because if you think about safety and you think about your values it was the right thing to do and uh, but decisions that are made along the way, you know, I I would think until I got better at it, I wish I had been more candid and straightforward with people. I'm sure a lot of people lost their jobs at Disney that worked for me as executives over the years because I didn't tell them early enough that what the problem was with their performance, and I was too bashful to do it and didn't want to deal with it. And I probably could have saved them those kind of oh, things, nice. you know. I'd go. I know. I know some. I could go back. I could have fixed if I would have been more candid and had more courage, yeah. instead of being insecure and kind of letting it go. And yeah, I think that kind of stuff is. You always look back and say, "I could have done better," could and it's probably half, at least fifty percent my fault. They got fired. In hindsight, okay. And what what do you think makes an ordinary product or service into a world class one? Well, I think, uh, you know, we think about that at Disney all the time. I think the chances you running into a rude cast member at Disney is almost zero. And uh, we hire the right people. We train them. We train them really well. We test them after the training, and we enforce the training, which a lot of companies don't. We right. enforce it so, so you get consistency. Mm-hmm. And then we create this culture where people are pretty excited to come to work every day and stay there and work for a long period of time. You know, when you got great people you hired and you've trained them really well and they love it, they're going to – you just automatically get good service because you can't teach everybody to do everything you'd want them to do. You just got to let them do it. And so they have the authority at Disney, every cast member, to take care of the guest. They have a, they have financial authority and they have also good judgment because we've hired good people and trained them. Mm. And then all of a sudden they just over day after day, uh, no manager around, they make the right decisions. And people go, wow, I went to Disney and I every time I had an issue, the cast member in front of me took care of it. 
and uh, that's uh, that's uh, how you, I think you got to think about it. You got to service can only happen if everybody's engaged. You know, it's not yeah. it's not just a manager wanting it. The people got to want it and do it, and they want to do it when you're home asleep at night, and they're still going to take care of the guests because they're committed to it, and they've been trained, and they've been you've selected the right kind of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those um, are the kind of things. Yeah. Good point, Lee. I've got some quick round questions. We'll get the, through these, and uh, I'll let you go, mate. Sorry. Um, okay. What do you? Oh, we've talked about your routines and rituals. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? I would say probably to be more open-minded. I mean, looking back, uh, I uh, that defensiveness. Nobody ever talked to me about it. I would say to people out there, I would say two things. 20 years old, expect more. You can be more. You can probably be more earlier. Don't underestimate the influence you have on other people. I did not understand that for a long time that I didn't always behave myself. I was intimidating. I kind of pushed people around in my early career. And I would say today to people, don't underestimate the positive influence you can have on other people by your own attitude and your own behavior. And uh, I, I think about that every day today. Uh, the, we all are impacted by how people treat us. And I needed. I, I wish I'd have treated people better the first 20 years of my career. Okay, great. Yeah. What's your meaning of success? Well, you know, somebody said the other day, somebody said, what would you describe, uh, if you could describe your life in one word, what would it be? And I said, that word would be complete. I I really, uh, I have a family. We're very happy. My son, my grandkids, my mother-in-law, we took care of. The whole family is in good shape. Everybody, we, 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 you know, yeah. I grew up in a family with five marriages, you know, my mother, and then I... The real happiness for me is, I would say at the end of the day, even in my career magic book, I said we ran around looking for career magic 11 times, my wife and I moved, and we finally found out it's, it's uh, happiness is really family and health and happiness, mm. and it really is, and yeah. uh, especially health. Take yeah. care of your health. Mm. Take care of your health. Don't let it get out of control. Yeah. That will be your biggest regret in your life when you lose your health. What when um, you could Sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah, when you could have done something about it all along the way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still uh, in that boat, learning on health and, and trying to always improve there. Yep. What what would you advice would you give someone out there listening today that's looking to, to make change in their life in, in whatever aspect that might be? Well, I tell people all the time, they ask me all the time, I said, one way you can be really successful is decide what you want to become an expert in. Yeah. Food, food and beverage, retail, engineering, finance, whatever. Once you decide what it is that turns you on, you become an expert in it. You, somebody says, how do you get ahead in life? And I tell kids all the time, I said, be better than everybody else. If 10 people do what you do, you make sure you're the best. Best attitude, you know more, you're keeping up, you're on top of things, your boss asks somebody to do something, you raise your hand, you get it done for them, you do quality work. Be better than everybody else and be an expert. It'll always serve you well no matter what happens in your life. When you're an expert, you'll never have trouble getting a job. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah very be good. an expert. I like that. What's your favorite food? Oh, I guess my wife made a nice meatloaf last night with green beans and mashed potatoes and a little Tabasco sauce on there and a bottle of red wine. Uh, I think that's probably our family favorite is her great meatloaf. Sounds good. Um, favorite leisure activity? Uh, I would say for me it's uh, probably uh, I, two things. 
exercise really turns me on. But I like to go to Carmel, California, for we or to France, southern France. We go for a month every year, yep. and I sit. I put on a sweater in the morning in Carmel because the fog grows in, and I get a book, and I take naps and read and go to lunch and just suck up that San Francisco. Uh, Northern California air, that's leisure for me, just relaxing and uh, yep. doing nothing. And, uh, yeah, just it's incredible to have a month of not having any responsibility. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's leisure, and it's that's real enough. leisure. Yeah, yeah. I think you, everybody needs to get away occasionally from the routine of life and get away from it. It gives you time to think about what's going on, what you need to be focusing on. Okay, yeah. With refreshed eyes. What, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Have you got a uh, favorite book you'd like to recommend for the audience? Yeah, I just read uh, one called Zero to One. Oh, yeah. And it's about uh, if you want to be really successful in life, think about how you don't just incrementally improve something. How do you invent something new? And uh, it's a very interesting to read about it and think about it. You know, uh, Zero to One would be Google, or Zero to One would be Facebook, or Zero to One would be twi Twitter, or Zero to One would be the iPhone. It wasn't incrementally improvement. It was a whole new ball game, and I love that theory of how can I. Even when I think about, it, I think how can I be better for my clients than anybody else? What can I do that nobody else does? And uh, yeah, zero to one. Point. Yeah. Not not one to one point one. Zero to one. Zero to one. <laughs> or not two. Not two point two. Two three point three. Four point oh seven. How do you beat the new thing? Yeah. And. Uh, even if you don't, it gives you a good way to think about everything you do in your life. Can I do this a whole lot better than everybody else? Mm. Yeah, good point. Good message. What Have you got a favorite quote there, Lee? You've mentioned several to today. Well, yeah, I would say if I had maybe one quote, it's never too late to get better. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Never too late to get better. It's never too late to get healthier. It's never too late to get more organized. <laughs> so... Think about it. It's never too late. You've got to wake up tomorrow morning and start doing something different. Yeah, cool. Uh, what What does living life with passion and purpose mean to you? Oh, uh, well, I think that I feel like I've added value to people's lives. I think about it this way: If people said, "What would you really want to be?" I'd say, "I'd want to be a teacher." And quit. We need less bosses in the world, more teachers. People that wake up in the morning want to teach and train people and help people understand how to be better, so they can have a better life. So I like being a teacher. I love it when people I work with call me back and say, "Thank you so much for what you taught me. I really, it's really helped my career dramatically." Mm. And we all remember the great teachers. You know, teach people. Don't try to. It's what you're doing with your kids when you're raising. Trying to teach them, teach them the right things, the right ways. Not to not to hit them and be mean to them and teach. Yeah. Teach, teach, teach. And uh, and probably be the student too. But uh, teaching is a new focus I've had over the last few years of making sure I'm teaching and not not just uh, criticizing. Do love it. And do you think we all have a, a why, a purpose, a deeper purpose? I think you can if you will uh, kind of figure out what it is. You know, I think people at every level can have a purpose once they understand what it is. And uh, I think we get, we see a lot of people become homeless because they don't have a purpose. The mm -hmm. last person in their life gave up on them. Their mother said, don't come back here. Their brother said, we're, we're done with you. And I think, uh, you know, I see some of the people with no money and barely getting along and living on the edge or some of the nicest people in the world. They go to their church and they make a huge difference. They help other people. They're available to help other people. 
uh, when you know it's always the same people. Somebody dies in your family. It's that one person that shows up, and they're not yeah. the richest person in the world. It's, and we can all make a difference in our own little way. And uh, if we think about it every day, what you know, I said, if you go out every day and think about how can I make somebody's life better today, <laughs> it'd be interesting how many times you could do that during the day. Mm. And, you know, help some lady to the car with her groceries, or to open the door for someone, or to stop and uh, help a homeless person. I mean, every day, if you just start being nicer to people, <laughs> you know, I think going out there with that thought too, just how your perspective would change on, on your outlook just day to day as well. Like you're not going to be thinking about all that other, you know, other rubbish that's maybe not that important. You'll be looking for opportunities to add value. Well, I, when I retired, I said, I'm going to wake up every morning and try to figure out how to make people happy. Mm. So when young kids call me and want to talk to me, I say, absolutely. See you tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock, 6.30, and let's meet. And uh, I don't need to make people's life miserable. Most people's lives are already miserable. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't need to make it worse. Mate, I love it. And I really appreciate your, your openness throughout the interview and um, sharing what you have with us. I know there's so much more I could have asked you and... Um, yeah, we'll do, we can say we'll that do it again. Time. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, Lee. Thank you. Now, I guess you'll be getting on to lunch soon while I go to bed. Mate, I'm going to, uh, no, it's just sort of breakfast time here, so I'm going to all right. wrap up some of these show notes. I'll stick all those links in the show notes, guys, for everyone listening, so you can check out Lee's website, his podcast, um, and you know his books as well. I'll stick all the links in, into the uh, show notes there at thehiddenwide.com, so check them out, and uh, thank Lee for coming on the show. Lee, it's been a yeah. pleasure. You take care, my friend. Absolute blast. Thanks. And guys, until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there. And also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is Lee Manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon